have to tell you about Keen, a trusted network of talented spiritual advisors. And I've partnered with them so that you can get your most pressing questions answered, feel connected to your purpose, and live an empowered and aligned life. And since I'm all about that life and I practice what I preach, um, naturally, I had to get myself a spiritual reading. I worked with one of their many unique advisors to help me just answer some questions about my dog, Noelle, moving through her cancer diagnosis and helping me make sense of this whole process. My advisor was amazing. She even knew what kind of dog Noelle was before I told her anything, which was wild. She blew me away with some of the things she picked up on about Noelle's behavior and gave me insights on ways I could help her, which I am so incredibly grateful for. From start to finish, it was so easy and I can't say enough good things. If you're looking for some clarity, support, and even opportunities to validate and confirm what you've been feeling, go get a reading. Take this offer I have for you for five minutes only for a dollar. That's it. Get five minutes with an advisor only for a dollar. All you have to do is click the links in the show notes or go to www.trykeen.com backslash empowered millennials to get started. Once again, it's trykeen.com backslash empowered millennials and make sure you visit the show notes and click on the link there. What up, trailblazing, badass fam? How we doing? How we doing? Welcome back to the Empowered Millennials podcast with me, your host, Angela Gentile. This is your favorite podcast for inspo, wild stories, and people who are out here doing epic shit and living an authentic life. So thank you for being here. And please make sure you leave a review. Being able to bring you content and bring you this podcast is so important. And I know that you get a lot of value from it. So reciprocity, baby, please head on over to Apple Podcasts and drop a five-star review and write something. This is so needed to be able to bring you episodes each week, to be able to keep showing up. Um, so it just helps push the podcast along and make sure that the people who are looking for it get word of this podcast. So you can head on over um, and write that review and drop a few lines. All right. Thank you so much, y'all. All right, y'all. Let's... Uh, let me set up today's guest without giving too much away because she is going to speak some truth about life, grief, motherhood in a way that I think a lot of people shy away from because it's honest, because it's raw and because it's real. And this is the necessary conversation that unites us and that helps us feel seen, heard and undoubtedly less alone. So today we are chatting with Kaylee Tugas. She is a human design mentor and educator who has a spirit as resilient as the leaders she mentors. Her expertise is not just in coaching, it's in transformation through human design. And she brings in a level of awareness to show you what is truly yours, what is conditioning you hold on to, and she helps you bring back who you are truly meant to be and who you are as an individual. Through insight and wisdom, she has helped people decipher the should and the authentic. And this came through her own digesting of societal norms like marriage, a soul-sucking job, and motherhood. She fell into the same shit as most people do and ended up burning her out, left her broke, lost, confused, and questioning every aspect of who she was and even if motherhood was what she really wanted. Now with lots of growth and navigating the loss of her dad, Kaylee has truly used her deep questioning and personal development journey 
to expertly use human design and help others see that they were not made for the societal norms and where they've been conditioned to see things a certain way that isn't working anymore. With her practice and her new community, The Collective Experience, she is providing a space for healing and self-care practices for everyone to find their own way to happiness. So y'all, let's have a conversation today. And Kaylee, welcome to the show, my friend. I'm so excited to be here and have this conversation because I feel like it's one of those ones too that not a lot of people talk about because it's, what is the other person going to think? And so thank you for having me on. Thank you for like allowing me to have this conversation in this space because it's going to be huge. Yeah. Thank you. And I, you know, I appreciate it too, because I am not a mom and I am from the perspective of like, fuck that. But what do you do when you're already in it? You know what I mean? What do you do when you've already made these choices and you, you know, and then you're like, huh, huh. How much of it is mine? How much of it is conditioning? And what do I do now? And I think this is going to be going to be dope. I just appreciate your honesty and your rawness. And I know for the moms who listening are connect, like they're looking for that because obviously they're listening to my ass. Like I don't know. So I know that you're going to really like resonate with the people who are listening today. So let's um let's chat, friend. How do we get here? Right? <laughs> like, that's <always> the question. <laughs> yeah, and I, you know, for me, it was always always having to prove myself, always having to like show people I could do something from the time I left high school. It was one of those things of like, well, you might make it through college because I had dyslexia and some other things going on. And so then it was like, game on, let's, let's prove that I can get a college degree. And then I started down that path and it wasn't for me and decided to go on and be an EMT and then a paramedic. And I distinctly remember a conversation with my mom saying, you know, um, you're not going to make it as a paramedic because of the fact of you can't handle blood. And it was like game on. Like I, when I was like seven at daycare, I threw up because a little girl had kneeled on a tomato and had tomato stuff on her knee or something like that. And so, and you're like, I know, right. Can't do it. (laughs) Right. Right. And then I lived with my cousin for a while while going to paramedic school. And I remember sitting there talking to her husband and saying, I will be married by the time I'm 25. I'll have a house and I'll have kids kind of like, I'll, I'll show you because that's what I thought I was supposed to do. That's what I thought I like. That's the direction that we're supposed to go. This is the thing. Like you get the degree, you get married, you stay in the job, you have the house, you have the kids. And I did a little backwards. I had the kid and I got married, but it was one of those things. When you were, how old were you and you had your baby? 21 baby anymore, but like, no, he's not, he's not at all. He's, he's night. He's almost 19. So yeah, Yeah. I was 21 at the time and I just turned 21. Um, Yes, I just turned 21 or no, I had turned 21 or sorry, I was 21, just about to turn 22 when I had them. And um, it was scary. Like I got pregnant really quick and which wasn't expected. And my plans were to move away from this area. I didn't want to stay here. I wanted nothing to do with it. And I had put in applications to be a paramedic uh, actually out in Portland and was waiting to hear back when I met Oregon my kids' dad. Or Maine. Oregon or Maine. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Which one? Nah. Yeah. Actually, okay. Oregon. Yeah. Okay. And cool. so, yeah. So, I mean, I wanted to go big. I wanted to see it all. I wanted to get my hands dirty. It was adrenaline junkie, like most paramedics are, and met <laughs> yep. their dad, and he was already settled. And so it was one of those, ah, oh, we'll see what happens. And ultimately went down the path that I was supposed to go down, air quotes for those, you know, listening, and found myself in the spot. I was happy. 
but I wasn't fulfilled. And I was constantly trying to chase this fulfillment and prove myself. And, you know, as a paramedic too, back then as a female, we were rare. And so we worked with all men. We were constantly having to show we could lift the stuff. We could do all the things that we didn't need, you know, extra support or whatever it may be. And we, we could cry. I mean, there was all of those things. And so I, I put myself in this position of like having to prove myself and show I could do something. And it all abruptly like exploded when my dad died. And so well, let's, let's kind of hang out yeah, here for a second. Um, absolutely. Cause you're doing, I think like, again, I connect with you on this as the president sometimes of the dead dads club. Like it's such a profound experience that like shakes you and, and, and holds up a mirror to a lot of shit that you have been avoiding, you know? Um, so what a gift that dads can give to their daughters inadvertently, I think, but prior to his, his passing, did you yeah. know that you were just sort of like, and, and I, I, I do say this a lot. I, I think this, this masculine energy of like, gotta do it, gotta check the boxes, gotta like, that's part of our patriarchal conditioning of Per, like f- getting worth and proving our worth in the tasks and the accomplishments. Did you know that was kind of what you were doing at the time? Or did it feel like I want this because I like the way that people are responding to what I'm doing? Or do I want this because it, you know what I'm saying? Like, were you, cause it feels good. Were you having those conversations at all? I mean, you're 21, oh. <laughs> you know? No, good God, no. But I think it was a combination of both. Yeah. And so like, I felt like, you know, I married a fireman, like I married this guy and I loved him by all means. Um, I don't know if he was the right fit, but I loved him. And he was, he, in essence was my savior. Like he came in and he supported me and he got me through the tough times of having a kid and, and, you know, we got married and, and it was all good until it, it wasn't right. Like, and there, I had these bouts of like severe anxiety that was never really explained. And looking back, it's because I didn't, like, I was happy, but I, I wasn't fulfilled. I wasn't doing what I really wanted to do. I was trying to convince myself of that. Ooh, say it again, girl. (laughs) Right. I, I think that's the, that's such a beautiful piece of this is when there are these things like anxieties and anger and like, Oh, it it's, that's always a symptom that. Oh yeah whatever you're doing ain't it that shouldn't be that's not the thing that we should be doing yeah yeah I I appreciate you saying that so for anybody listening put a pin in that because your anxiety and the thing that you're like oh this is my problem hundred hundo p I'm gonna go out on a limb and say it's not the problem it's a symptom of a problem that you got to go deeper and really start to figure out Right. But I grew up in a house where we didn't go deep and we didn't talk about things and we brushed everything under the rug and we pretended like it never happened. (laughs) Right. And so like to go deeper meant that I actually had to admit that I had a problem Mm -hmm. to go deeper. I actually had to like say that my life wasn't perfect. Like it was supposed to be and right. Supposed to be right. Like everything's supposed to be perfect. Everything's supposed to be great, grand and wonderful. And that was the illusion that I put on when deep down inside, I was like, this isn't what I want, but now I'm here. I'm married. I have a baby. Like now what the hell do I do? And so it was, it was this constant struggle or constant push pull of this is what I want. But I also want this other thing over here, which is like running a company and being a CEO and not having the responsibilities of being a wife and a mom. 
but I also love my kid and I love like my husband and I want to be with them. And so where am I really supposed to freaking be? Were you ever at a point of like, fuck, I shouldn't have done this. I don't know if it was so much. I shouldn't have done this as much as like, was this truly the path I was supposed to be on? And so, yeah. So like, to me, I am a person that lives with no regrets. Like, I think that ultimately we end up where we're at because of the decisions we've made. And if we regret those decisions, then we would never have the awesome freaking shit that's in front of us right now. Mm-hmm. Because right. Like I wouldn't, I would have never met my husband. I have now, um, I wouldn't have the, my children, which I love dearly. And also have had moments throughout this of being like, do I really want to be a mom? And like the other things that have come into my life. And so do I regret any of it? Absolutely not. Is there moments though that I have sat there and went, did I, did I choose the wrong path or did I take a path that was going to like, did I choose a harder path for myself? Because I wouldn't just stand on my own two feet and go, I really don't want this. And this is against everything I've heard. And I'm going to be the black sheep and being the black sheep. Yeah. It's, it's super freaking hard. And so I think I kind of stayed in the middle of like, I'm a gray sheep every now and then I'm going to step over here and do these things. And yeah. then I'm going to come back where it's I'm safe. Gonna because that's dirty, a little dirty. Uh, yeah. And then I- <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, because that, that felt safe. That felt like, okay. That I was pushing society norms, but I wasn't pushing it so much that people were like boycotting me. Yeah. Cause that's what it is. I mean, these, mm-hmm. these norms are set up for conformity out of fear so that the system will work. And anybody who deviates that, you literally become an outcast from the tribe. Yeah. And when you're going through these moments in your life that are hard and that are heavy, the last thing you want is to be the fucking weirdo out here on your own doing it by yourself when you're like, well, it's always a compromise, right? Like I could have this like authentic freedom or I could choose comfort, stability, safety. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah it really is that polarizing and you can't oftentimes have a balance of both, you know? Oh, absolutely. And the the biggest struggle for me, and I realized this after my dad died was the, the guy I was married to then, he was very much about saving and retirement, saving, 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 retirement, 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 when we're going to do the fun things. And we would still do like family trips and stuff, but I got in this mode of like, I can't do anything. And I'm, I'm supposed to be this work machine. And like, this is supposed to bring me happiness. And that's truly not who I am. Like, I am very free spirited. (laughs) I am very much like a roamer. And when my dad passed, right? Like my dad, yeah, yeah, my dad passed. And it was like, what the frick are we doing? Like, why am I doing this? Like, we have this money sitting there. Why aren't we having fun? Like he died before he retired. Like, Holy that could shit. be us. That could be me. Right. Yeah. Right. Like I'm like, I could lose you and be like my mom and feel like I can't do anything. That's not gonna happen. Like she didn't want to go out and do anything without my dad. And it was just this like epiphany of like, I'm living something that is not what I want. Yeah. Ooh. I I think that there's a lot of people who are hearing this and are having this moment of like, this is exactly what I'm doing. Why am I doing this? You know, and again, if you're miserable and you're having this rub and there's a lot of, I don't know, sticky stuff, angry stuff, negative stuff that's coming up, it's because you're trying to force yourself down a path and in a direction that like, 
isn't what you really want. I was doing the same thing. I had a job. I was like, oh, Angela, you can't quit because you're going to have a pension. I was like 35 motherfucking years from now. That's like, that's a whole, I'm 34. So like double my lifetime, I'll get that money. Like, I don't want to, I want to be free, baby. I want to be like tits out on a beach somewhere. That's what I want. I don't want to do this every day, you know? Yeah. So I love that you, you had this moment of like, uh uh-uh, but having your dad pass away is also like gut-wrenching. And what was this process like for you to unpack a lot of other things in your life? So now we're like looking at just maybe the surface of how I'm spending money, but like mm, it's deeper. (laughs) Oh, it was deeper. And I don't, you know, it took me a while to grieve my dad. And then on top of it, I had West Nile at the same time. (laughs) Wait, like so West I, Nile virus, like mosquito. Oh yeah. Oh shit. Oh yeah. Like I, I was, like, we were out in Montana. We had this big family reunion on my mom's side, and on the way home, I got like super, super, super sick. Like should have stopped in an ER somewhere. And I looked at my husband then, and I said, "You, you stop in some small town in Montana and leave me there. Like I will never forgive you. Keep driving. Get us back to North Dakota at least." where I know the healthcare system. (laughs) I know. Right. Like that's pretty much what it was like. And cause we were in the middle of nowhere. And so, um, I, I ended up super sick and, Mm -hmm. and had to deal with the, the complications of that and being tired and everything. And the, the weekend my dad passed, I was actually supposed to be there and he had this traumatic injury and it just rocked all of us. And it was, you know, my husband then really stepped up for me and was very supportive and very helpful through it. But then afterwards, like the part people never talk about with people passing is like, after everything's done, yeah, once the family trays stop coming and everyone goes back to their life. What the fuck do you do? Correct. Like there's no support there. And we had yeah. support when we got home because we lived four hours from where my parents were and the fire family stepped up and helped us out a ton. And it was, it was great. However, we grieve differently. Mm -hmm. So now we're at this like impact of like not grieving the same way. And I'm at this spot of like, I'm no longer fucking giving, like I'm no longer compromising. I'm no longer feeling like I have to like conform to anything. I lost my dad who was like the pivotal person in my life. And I'm, I'm not doing this. And at one point he left the house for a while and he came back and he's like, I don't even know who you are. And I mean, we're like, like, I'm me. We're like two months past my dad passing. And he's like, I don't even know who you are. I don't even know what to do for you. I'm like, you don't need to freaking fix me. Mm-hmm. And that's what I felt like. Like, like I was trying to be fixed. And I'm like, you can't fix this. Like I have a hole in my freaking heart. You can't fucking fix it. You can't. Like you, you support. No different than me supporting you. It's just going to be different. And it was really, it was really hard for both of us. And that was kind of this moment of like, holy shit, I can stand on my feet. I can say what I want. And it just kind of changed the relationship. And then four years later, I finally got to a point where I'm like, I'm done. I no longer can do this. I no longer can be in this. And we like tried the couples counseling and all that crap and it didn't work. And then we went into the divorce phase. And the best thing that happened was my psychologist at the time said, you get to choose how your divorce works. Cause all I could think of is all these like horror stories of divorces. Yeah, like in the movies. yeah for sure. Right. For sure. Our divorce was nothing like that. We talked through everything. We had one lawyer. Um, we worked everything out. Like we did everything on our own. We literally had the lawyer to like file the paperwork and stuff for us because we didn't want to deal with that. 
And so we had this amicable divorce and people were like blown away. Mm-hmm. And that was one of those moments for me that like may not sound big, but it was huge because it's like, holy shit, I can do things the way I want to. And it doesn't matter what other people fucking think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, it was, Powerful. it was, but then in that process of moving out, having my own place, not having my kids there all the time, I went through this, this phase of like, do I really want to be a mom? Do I really want to be here in this place that we're at? Or do I just want to spread my wings and fly? Can I do that having kids? Like, what does that all mean? And so I went through this whole like abrupt trying to discover who I was. And it was hard because they couldn't call my friends that have kids and go, I don't know if I want to be a mom today. Like, I don't, I don't know if this is what I want. I love my children. I love them dearly, but I also know that I'm not in the right spot. Why isn't that something that you can say in motherhood? Because isn't, I can't imagine that this is an isolated experience. I can see it from the outside. And I was like, this would make me want to run away on a daily basis. So like, I, and I'm not trying to minimize this at all, but is it, why do you think it's so taboo? Like, why do you think you're just supposed to love each and every moment of this and why it is so acceptable for you because it's what it sounds like is now you're in this place of like, who the fuck am I independent of these things that I've had in my life? And that's really where the existential kind of crisis comes from is like, who's Kaylee? Like, yes, I'm a mom, but like, who the fuck am I? And as I figure out who I am, how does who I am now involve who I've been? Because how can I be a mom with who I'm becoming? Like, how does this, how do they match up? You know what I mean? Correct. But yeah, why do you think it's so difficult for people to have this conversation or for women to have this conversation? To all my friends who are out here going against the grain, welcome to a world where your busy schedule meets mindful self-care. This is the collective experience. This membership in the collective experience is more than just a learning platform. It's a lifestyle, a community, and a space where knowledge becomes action. Whether you're navigating business challenges or personal growth, the collective experience offers a range of tools from EFT tapping, human design, and astrology to crystal insights and somatic breath work. It's designed for the progressive, highly engaged individual who knows that there is more to life than just work. So immerse yourself in a community where empowerment isn't just a word, it's a way of life. Visit collectiveexperience.co and join us for a month, absolutely free. That's it. Absolutely free. Embrace a journey of balance and self-care. So click the link in the show notes to begin your empowering journey with the collective experience. But yeah, why do you think it's so difficult for people to have this conversation or for women to have this conversation? Because in essence, you're admitting against a society norm, right? Because every woman is supposed to want to have children and love them. And you're supposed to have the empty nest syndrome and you're supposed to go through all these things as a mom. And when you're not going through that and you're going to, like, you're, you're experiencing something different, you're now the black sheep. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. It's back to that. Yeah. Right. No different than like my oldest son struggled through high school, like struggled like a, a ton. And when I finally opened up and started talking to some of my friends that had kids the same age, they're like, Oh my God, I have no one to talk to about this. Mm-hmm. Well, it's no different. Like who do you call and say that they, they give this impression, they love their children and wouldn't do anything and they'll die for them and they'll do all this stuff for them. And I want to say, I don't know if I want to be a mom anymore. Mm-hmm. 
like, how do you have that conversation with somebody and not feel judged or think that they're never going to pick up the phone for you again? Yeah. Were you able to have those conversations with people? Uh, my, my therapist, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like somebody that I knew went like out me out the door. Like I'm paying you not to judge me actually. Yeah. <laughs> right. And that's, yeah. that's what, that's who I went to and work through all of it. And was this, was this because of something else that was there? Was this trauma from my relationship with my mom, which wasn't good, you know, like all of these things that I had to unpack and figure out what I really wanted. And that's not a quick process. It's not an easy process. No, not at all. And I appreciate you just saying this. I appreciate you speaking so candidly about it. Cause I'm sure it's not, it's, it's a painful thing to say. And and I think, I don't think you're alone. I don't think, I, I don't know, maybe I'm crazy. I can't, I'm speaking out the side of my mouth because I don't have any basis in this, but I, I do think that that is more common than, than people are talking about. For sure. Oh, absolutely. And I, so I actually had a hairstylist not that long ago that I went to a couple of times and she, she actually admitted to me, she's like, yeah, my, my daughter lives with her dad and I barely, like, I see her once a month and I'm okay with that. Like, I never really wanted to be a mom and it kind of fell in my lap and whatever. And I looked at her, I'm like, proud of you, like way to like stand in who you are. And I thought she was going to crying. Right. I can do it. <laughs> what the fuck? And, she, and like, literally I seen her eyes well up and I'm like, oh God, I'm going to make her cry. But like, how often do we actually applaud somebody when they're doing something, even though it's not what we're, we're told we're supposed to do, yeah. right? Yeah. And that's the hard part is whenever you step out of what society says, you're now stepping onto this track by yourself or what feels like yourself until somebody else says something. You're like, holy crap, like I'm not the only one. Yeah, because yeah. that's what it means to blaze a new trail. And you're sort of going down this path that hasn't been traveled. But I will say, as someone who does it, and you can attest to this, once you start kind of carving your path, you'll start to hear little voices in the bushes of people who are like not too far off of creating their own path. And you're like, oh, what up, friend? We're in tandem together. Like, you want to come over here and join me? Can I come over there and join you? But I think it takes getting out of the noise sometimes to to be just a little bit more focused and quiet and then the right people will start to appear, you know? Absolutely. I also like with the whole mom thing is I felt like I had to sacrifice myself for my children yeah. and I had to work through that because I felt like that was so conditioned into me that that's what you were supposed to do. Like give up everything for your kids. And I wasn't willing to do that anymore. Can you explain and, like what you mean? By yeah. That? I mean, I think, I think I know, but yeah. I yeah. Hear what you, yeah. So like you keep the job you don't want to keep because you need the money so that your kids can have what everything that they want or, um, you stay you know, in the marriage, you, you stay in the marriage. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. You stay in the marriage because of it. Um, or maybe the, the husband provides the money. So you stay in the marriage because of that and the kids, but you literally like sacrifice everything. So like, okay, fine. I'll be on PTA because my kids are part of the school, even though I don't want to be part of it or, oh yeah, I'll be a part of this league or this thing, because that's what my kid really wants, but I don't want to do it. And mm -hmm. yes, I get, there's some compromises that come in, but the, the, like the aha pivotal moment for me was really like, my kids can have this life and I can have my life and I don't have to compromise 90% of the time for them. Like I can compromise 10% of the time for them and they can still have an awesome fucking life. And so can I, and that's, 
Yeah. Right. Like this was this hard spot to be though, because that's not the norm, at least where I'm at. That's not the norm. Like it's very much everything revolves around the children and I wasn't willing to have that. I think it is. I, God, I appreciate you saying that. I don't think, I mean, again, not really my, my circle where I roll, but I, I see it. I think a lot of parents and women especially are just like, can't have kids now. And then it becomes an entirely like they, they now are evacuated from the equation. They are no longer even present as a human being in their life, but the roles that they play for other people, you know? Yep. And I think what you said is great. Like you can have, cause don't, I mean, maybe the conversation is bigger. Maybe the, we need to just zoom out because this myopic view of what women need to be isn't even ours to begin with. Like that was bestowed on us from like a very controlling patriarchal culture when we were like sold off like property and cattle. Okay. So mm -hmm. what if the conversation is, is now bigger around what makes me a good parent? And I, as someone who had a very unhappy mother, I wonder what my life would have been like, had she not done all of this, like martyring <laughs> in exactly. the sake of, in my name and, and decided to be happy and yep. how beautiful would it have been to watch my, to watch my parents, both of them go do what they love that I think that's even more inspiring than like having soccer games, I guess, but I don't know. What is your thought on that? I think you're pretty spot on. And that's, you know, my youngest has been through this with me now through this like transformation where my oldest hasn't as much and to see the difference in them is pretty incredible. Um, I think with being a martyr too, as a mom, we have a tendency to then make our children do things they don't want to do. Yes. And like the whole human design thing comes into that for me, of course. And mm -hmm. so like when my son says, I don't want to go do this, I respect that. I don't sit there and go, well, you have to like grandma wants to see you or you need to do this or no, like he doesn't want to go to a damn wedding with me. I'm not going to make him go to the wedding. Like that's just teaching him to people, please. That's just teaching him to succumb to what he really wants and needs yeah, and like distrust himself. Yeah. Right. And what, what the, why the fuck would I do that when I just spent how many years trying to break through this and now I'm doing it to my child. Right. Like I decondition myself. And now I'm like forcing it upon him. Like what? <laughs> yeah. Right. And there's, and there's people though, that would be like, oh no, they need to learn how to do that. Right. Like that's the society of it is like, no, your kids need to learn to give. They need to sacrifice. Like we had to do it. So they, and I'm like, bullshit, yeah. like pump the brakes. Same, same with my husband now. Like we have separate things. Like in essence, at times we have separate lives and that's okay. It doesn't have to be this, like, we need to conform and become one no respect each other like don't make people do things they don't want to do like that's just dumb like, <laughs> we need to get away from that like yeah. that is not no 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 <laughs> what you had said like well that's what we had to do it's almost like we get to it's like a pass down trickle down of abuse and resentment and because the pain happened to me I get to feel better about it by giving it to somebody else because that's what was done to me. And that is such an unelevated, unconscious way to approach anything. If it sucked for you, why the fuck would you ever want somebody to suffer like that? Is be That's beyond me. Like, because, oh, well, we had it tough. What? So you want me to have it tough too? Like, that doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. Like, if I really love, like, I would never want my dog to suffer or have pain. Like, I would never want that for her. 
ever in my life. Like I will do what I can so that she can like sleep on the Tempur-Pedic fucking bed that she's sleeping on right now. You know? Yep. Yeah. I, that, that, blo- like, wow, that blows my mind. Oh, absolutely. And then you have the opposite end of the spectrum, right? Like, like there's this pendulum that swings and it's hard to find the middle. And the other spectrum of it is like, I grew up not having a lot of money. My ex-husband grew up not having a lot of money. And so like, we wanted to give our kids everything. Mm-hmm. And what does that do? And then it was like, holy crap, pump the brakes a second. Now we have children that think they get everything they want. Right. Right. And so it's, it's, it always seems like it's one end or the other. And there's always this like balancing act with children, but honestly, it really comes down to letting them have a voice, letting them say what they want, especially when they hit their teenage years. Like, come on now, people like, let your kids speak for themselves, be there to support them, show them how to like show emotional intelligence. Like I've worked with my youngest on this so much that now he comes home, like in football practice and he come home and he's like, oh my God, the coach took out all this emotional stress on us. And I'm like, Oh, what, what just what, came out of your mouth? What it's a like, beautiful thing. Like, 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 holy shit, pump the brakes. Tell me more. And he's like, telling me, he's like, mom, I just wanted to go over and yell at him and be like, this is not how this works. <laughs> I'm do like, you need a hug? Look, what do you need? Yeah. <laughs> right? But that's what it's about. It's yeah, about yeah. teaching our children something different, admitting when things are hard. Like I had conversations with my kids about like, this is hard for mom right now. Like, I really want to leave. I really want to do this. And I really love you. And so like, I have this push pull and being open and honest with them, which was not something I was taught was the complete opposite of their early years, because it was like, you don't share anything with your children. Like they're little, they don't understand bullshit. Yeah. They They pick up on energy. They pick up on energy. They can feel it and they feel it on a level that we sort of I don't know, we've, we've let, we've become hardened to. So they feel things deeply and they also lack the emotional vocabulary to even understand what the fuck is going on. But like, they're very much in tune with it. So I think oh, denying yeah. your kids the opportunity of an explanation is kind of fucked up. Kind Absolutely. Of fucked up. But so now, you know, you're having this like better conversation with yourself around like what kind of parent you want to be, how you want to be there what shifted in your life when you did that in terms of like maybe your friends or your family or your relationship and even with yourself? Yeah. So, you know, I think (laughs) it'd be interesting to see what my husband now would say, because he's been through a lot of this. I know. Right. (laughs) He would never talk though. He'd be just, he'd just sit here and nod his head because he's like the complete opposite of me, which is hilarious. So, but I mean, it was, it was hard. It was, and it was hard in a good way. Cause it was like, I was stepping into who I wanted to be and you know, as cliche as it may seem, human design gave me this aspect to understand, like, I didn't need to freaking fix anything about myself. I didn't need to change anything about myself. Like I am who I am and that's okay. And just stand like stand big and bold in that. And then it was a matter of teaching my children that because there are times when I I don't want to be here. And there's times when it's really hard to be a mom and not like running away from being a mom, but just like, I need a fucking break. We are going on vacation. I don't want to do this right now. Yeah. (laughs) Right. And that, that's a big thing for me. There's times where I'm like, I don't fucking do this and I'm taking a break and then I'll come back and things will be better, but that's hard to admit. And now I'm like, no, like stand strong in that mom. Like, like, Mm -hmm. Hey, it's okay. Like nobody is made to be resilient hundred percent of the time and suck it up. Right. Right. And we're not, we're not made as humans to compromise and sacrifice 
95% of our life or hundred percent of our life. Like we've been taught and told yeah. sacrifice is there, but it has to be from a spot that you want to do it and not a spot of guilt or shame or anything else, because then you're doing it for all the wrong freaking reasons versus doing it from a spot of like, I love this person. And right now this feels really good to me to support them and help them and not go to the thing that I wanted to go to or do the thing I wanted to do that type of thing. And that's the shift that needs to happen is understanding those. Yeah. Sorry. I I think it can be like the understanding of the both. Like I love you and I want to support you and (laughs) I'm going to go do this. Like, it's not a, but it's not an, or it's not an either. It's like both coexist. Like, I love you and go get them tiger. I'm not going to be there. I'm going to go do this because this is what's going to make mom feel the best mom. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Cause I'm going to be mm-hmm. there and be pissed off that I'm fucking there. And then I'm going to take it on on you on the car ride home. <laughs> right. And that's part of it. Like, so you don't want to, you don't want to live this, this motherhood life that you've now created. So you're going to stay there and you're going to stay in this society spot and you're going to be fucking miserable or you can be a part-time parent love your children the same when they're there you give them a hundred percent of who you are mm-hmm. and they're going to respect you more they're going to honor you more and you're going to have a better relationship with them yeah so, that's it that's the sauce right so which which one are we going to pick yeah. yeah and i mean honestly for me it was like i can't stay in this marriage anymore what am i teaching my children that was the kicker, right? And then after that, it was like exploring all of these different aspects and how am I going to do this? And what am I going to do? And what do I truly love as a mom? And what am I ready to fucking get rid of? Ooh, yes. That is a practice implement in all aspects of your life. What do I love as a mom? What do I love as a partner? What do I love as an employee? What do I love as a sister? A, f- a fucking have a, I call it an emotional yard sale. Have a fucking yard sale, put it all out, decide what's yours. What is it? What am I taking back into the house? What am I leaving on the fucking tree belt? Take it, burn it. I don't care. So how, how has human design, like, yeah. like, I think maybe explain what it is and how has human design and your understanding of it really helped you to get through what is mine? What is real? What was social conditioning? What was shit that I just adopted and absorbed? And how do I move forward? Right? Like just fucking yeah, totally like Velcroed it on and called it mine. Yeah. So go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So human design is on like an energetic level. So I always explain it as we're made up of molecules. We're made up of atoms. We create energy. We're energetic beings and human design tells us how to move through our day to kind of the best blissful day that we can have. And discovering human design was like this light bulb moment because the part of it for me is I'm supposed to be all over the place. I'm not supposed to live this linear life. You know, I'm supposed to do things out of order. I'm not supposed to finish everything I freaking start, which I do all the time. (laughs) And it was like this permission slip, right? Like it was like this permission slip of like, nothing's wrong with you. You're not fucked up. And it was like, oh, so I've been fighting all this stuff, trying to fix it. And it's never going to fix because it's who I am. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then it was look at my parent or look at my children's stuff and go, ooh, I've done some things now that are like conditioning on them that I need to stop doing because I'm trying to make them live a life that's not true to them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. Right. That's just and what the, I've been told. Again, that goes like I suffer. Yeah. You should suffer. Like, this is what we do. This is how kids should act. Yeah. hundred percent. It's like everybody should be a morning person and get up and work out at 6am. Every single person, if you want the best life fucking no. ever, this is what you need to do. And I'm like double fingers 
fuck yeah, you. Tony Robbins, go me. fuck yourself in your 4.45 in the morning because it's not, not happening. happening. Not no. happening. You know when I get my bursts of creativity? 11.25 p.m. And you know what? I'm going to roll with it. And I've also set up a life that allows me to stay up until 11.25 p.m. and not have to get up and like crush life at five. No. You know what I'm saying? No. Yeah. Oh, 100%. 100%. Fucking Tony Robbins. Sorry. <laughs> like, sorry. That's <laughs> awesome because you and I've never had this discussion and I feel the same way. <laughs> like, again, I've tried. I have tried forever to like, I'm going to get up and go to the gym. I fucking hate it. I hate it. It's not happening. It's not a matter of just like, put your bootstraps on, Angela. It's just not who I am. Yep. It's not who I am. <laughs> and that's okay. I like to get up at like seven, eight o'clock, ease into my take, take a nice, like quiet poop. And then I'm like ready to go by like 10. That's exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. What the I fuck? 100% agree. <laughs> yes. Brain doesn't function before 10 a.m. in this house. Not for me. Oh. No. And I have a child that loves early mornings and I'm like all for it. And I'm like, dude, take care of yourself. Like, I'm proud of you. Good job. Not happening for your mom. <laughs> you want to go fishing before the sun comes up? You talk to your bonus parent. He'll take you. Mom's not doing it. Like, it's not, ga- it's like, I'm not adapting to that. Like, it's, it's a hard no. Like, yeah. yeah. Like you said, permission, like even just this conversation is giving someone permission right now to be like, huh, I hate it. Guess what? You have to do it. You have to do it. Correct. Like there's a whole other way based off of your human design that will give you just some insight on how you're forcing it in a direction oh, yeah. that isn't right. And let me just let me just say this, Kaylee, before you before you take off and talk a little bit more about human design. Kaylee and I did a reading together. And this shit fucked me up for like days because it was such a hard in a in a in a beautiful way. But it was like Kaylee took my whole life and was like girl you're not supposed to be doing this and I was like what what do you mean like so now nothing in my life makes sense what am I doing I've been trying to make fetch happen for like four years and it's fucking not and Kaylee just comes over here and she's like because you're not supposed to that's not your chart (laughs) what but yeah it was like the best redirection I've ever had in my life (laughs) so thank you gentle like I was like why do you keep bucking the system that you're not meant to be in like it wasn't rude it wasn't it but it was so it was like you took me by the shoulders and we're just like girl I'm just gonna give you some information and you're like okay got it got it but then I was like fuck now what now I gotta like change (laughs) here's a hug it's gonna be okay but you need to change this shit because it's not gonna work you're going to yeah. keep hitting your head on the wall in the same spot over and over, whether you mm-hmm. see it or not. And that's, yeah. that's human design. Like it yeah. has a way so of showing us, you things. <laughs> tell us a little bit about what it is and why it is so profound. So human design, actually there's, there's pieces of human design that actually correlate with like your DNA. And so it, every single chart that's ran is individual. It's not like putting you in a box. It's not another personality test that drives me nuts when people are like, it's a personality test. It's not a fucking personality test because your girl doesn't like them. So it, it very much is individualized and there's specific things on there that are unique to you as an individual. And that's the cool thing. So when I met with you and we looked at your chart, I could say like, you're going and doing these networking things and this isn't for you. Like you don't like the small talk. You love like the deep fucking conversations. And you're like, I do. And how the fuck do you know that? 
right? Because like yeah. you and I yeah. didn't know each other really. Yeah, I was like, why are you so... in my head? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and and that's the thing. Like it gives me the ability to point out the things that you need to see that maybe you don't want to see in the moment. And that's that awareness level. And when people come back at me and they're like, that's not who I am. And it's like, okay, let's take it like take a deeper look at where you're conditioned. And conditioning isn't this bad thing that people like to put it out there as conditioning is literally we've been told to do something a certain way, not knowing that it was wrong for us. And I always say I conditioned my youngest child um, because his energy type is like 10 times different than mine. And I was like, you need to hustle. And why are you sleeping so much? And you don't need a nap. And like, that's not how he works and operates. And so I conditioned my own children unintentionally, not knowing any better. And so we're all conditioned in some aspect or form. It's just a matter of being able to see it and then figure out, is this something society told us? Is this something my parents told me or a friend or whatever the hell it may be so that we can work through it and figure out like, what belief do we really want? What do we want to really have? And what part of this is, is true to you? Yeah. Woo. Cause that's the sauce right there. Cause you know, you're, cause you just end up fighting. And when you're fighting, you're exhausted. Correct. It's just exhausting to fight. And then it doesn't feel like you said, kind of in the beginning, it doesn't feel fulfilling. Like I'm happy, but I'm not, I'm not fulfilled. Like this just feels like work and it just feels exhausting and it doesn't feel aligned. And like, I come back to that mean girls quote, like I'm just make, trying to make fetch happen and it's not, and it's tiring. And then you start going into this and this is just my experience and, and Kaylee shaking her head, but then it was like, what's wrong with me? Why can't I do this? Why isn't this working? There must be something wrong with me. I have to work harder. Oh my God, I'm tired. What the fuck else am I supposed to do? And then it's just like, um, you're on this loop of, of travel, but it's like not where you should be. And then once you fucking get off the hamster wheel and you're like, oh, I should be doing this. And then there's like a staircase, like staircase clear as motherfucking day that you just get to walk up and you're like, this is what I should have been doing. Here it was the whole time, the whole time. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Correct. And it's, but it, sometimes we need somebody else to point that out to us. Sometimes we need somebody else to get in our head and go, why are you staying on the hamster wheel? And why are you trying to fit into something that's not made for you? Yeah. And we can't always see that for ourselves because we're so stuck in the mundane of it and we're happy. But yet that little piece of us just isn't quite fulfilled enough to say, this is my bliss. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want you to go into like too much of like a reading, but is there anything else that you could say about human design? Because I'm sure people are like, oh, this is interesting. It's like yes. based on my birthday and what my conditioning is, but like, are there, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what we could share that wouldn't be too verbose yeah. as we start yeah. to wrap up the episode, but yeah, just. Yeah. We don't have a ton of time. Um, So the best place to start, run your chart. You're going to look at it and go, what the fuck is this? That's completely normal. Don't freak out. You can always, always hop on. I'm on Instagram, hop on my Instagram get my DMs and be like, can you share some information about my specific chart? I do that all the time for people. Mm -hmm. So by all means do that. Um, the energy type is where we always start. So you'll run it and it'll say either generator, manifester, manifesting generator, projector, or reflector. That's where we start. Quick synopsis. Generator is kind of like our working force of society. However, you define work and you get to determine what work is. Work is really about what lights your fucking soul on fire. What, like, what makes you go? What makes you happy? What, like, creates this wonderful, juicy fucking energy out of you? That is really work for generators, not your nine to five job or whatever society's told you. Manifestors are trailblazers. They are the ones that get this urgent surge of energy. They change things for us. And 
they have this big, bold presence about them that people either like or they don't, and that's okay. Manifesting generators, which is what I am, are all over the place. Um, they're not made to be linear. They change their mind and they show us a different way of doing things. They're also big and bold and they create the juicy energy. Projectors are, I always love to go back to Winnie the Pooh. So I hope everybody that listens knows Winnie the Pooh. And the owl up in the tree in Winnie the Pooh is like a projector. So all of us come to a projector and go, help me. I can't see this thing. I can't figure this thing out. Like the owl would give like this wise insight that is a projector. They're not made to hustle. They're not made to work in the aspect of what society says, they're really made to tweak and show us guidance in ways that we, we couldn't even imagine. And then reflectors, which are super rare, 1% of our population, they are made to reflect back the health and wealth of the community that they are in. And the cool thing about that is, is if you have a reflector in your life that's in alignment, you will know right away if you're out of alignment because you'll be like, why is this person being an asshole? They're not, it's your own reflection. And so- interesting. Yeah. So that's really like the spot to start with it. Like very quick synopsis yeah, of it, cool. but yeah, but there's things like I have people come to me and they're like, I can't focus. And they're saying I have ADHD and I look at the chart and I'm like, no, no, no. That's just part of who you are. Like you're not made to be focused all the time. Like you're made to be further out looking at things from a higher elevation and like lose focus. And they're like, what? <laughs> so like, I'm not yeah. crazy. You're not crazy. You're in the wrong spot. You're just in the wrong, Correct. on the hamster wheel. Correct. Yeah. Cool. Yes. And how has that led you to kind of create your new endeavor? Because you're still coaching, but you decided to, I don't know, you saw an area of like need and this is what you wanted to create because that's part of what you do. Yeah. So on my journey of healing and going through all of this, I've used tons of different modalities. So breath work, acupuncture, um, I'm trying to think what else, uh, EFT tapping, like all these different things, right? Human design is in there, astrology. And I've used these different things. And it was like, oh, I have to be in this membership and this membership and this membership and this thing and this thing. And I got to pay for all these things. And it was like overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, why don't we just bring this all together and create a hub? And so that's what I did. I created this hub and we have different modalities inside of their EFT tapping. We have now sound bowls, the sound bath gal, is in there and she was uh, great by the way that was awesome <laughs> I went yeah there. she's in there every month now yeah and so yeah. we have astrologer in there I do human design and somatic breath work in there and just like an array of different things that we're constantly adding and it's a one-stop shop you pay your monthly membership fee and then from there it's you come in and you sign up for what you want and you participate in what you want in some months maybe you don't need human design or EFT tapping you just need the sound baths or maybe whatever, right? Like, and that's the cool thing is there's no expectation for you to be there if you don't want to be there. You can listen to the replays if that's more your jam, but it really is just a spot to come in and get rid of the shit that you're holding that everybody else is telling you to be. Mm, I feel like that is such a beautiful place to kind of transition and end because let's just come full circle for a second. What you had said in the beginning, like questioning everything. I do I want to be in this marriage? Do I want this job? Do I even want a mom today or whatever? It might be the ways in which we're doing these things might not be working for us. So, you know, this is why this community and what you do is so important to help us figure out what's ours, that emotional yard sale. What the fuck is ours? What are we taking back? So um, I'll put all of this in the show notes for, for everybody. So before you plug what we got going on, we're going to plug let me say that again we're gonna play our game how millennial are you ba, 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 ba. 
It's I'm me. a little nervous. Oh my god, everyone is making me nervous. It's the silliest questions. It's so the points are real and everything matters. You know what I mean? This is just like <laughs> generic millennial pop culture. Yeah, um, that's the part that scares me. Like <laughs> I I had someone on the podcast the other day and she grew up in Canada and I was asking all these questions and she's like, we didn't watch that. And I was like, what the, f-? like, I'm so concerned for your life because this is a cultural zeitgeist moment that you do not know what the fuck I'm talking about. I'm concerned. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm concerned. So, okay. Are you ready? Okay. A series Let's- of three questions mm-hmm. and they will progressively get harder. Great. <laughs> Great. Okay. What links these three clues together? Okay. Bravo, Makeover, and Carson. Uh, Carson Daly. Mm, not that Carson. Not that Carson. Carson. Same again. Bravo, Makeover, Carson. I feel like it's like reality TV of some sort. Mm-hmm. It was in the 2000s, so like 2005, six, seven. Yeah, no, I'm not gonna have it for you. Okay, queer eye for the straight guy, Carson. Was it? What was his last name? Cressley? Is that right? No, that might be wrong. That was in like my days of like hustle, and I watched no TV. Okay, the first see the first iteration of this was um very different than the one now. But it was it was pretty interesting because gay culture was not as prevalent in media as it was back in 2005. So this was like a very taboo situation where these like five gay dudes would go to some like monster truck rally guy's house and like give him a makeover, you know? Yeah. Wow. There you go. It was good. It was good. Um, Okay. Second question. Which character was not not one of Carrie Bradshaw's boyfriends on Sex in the City? Was it Jack Berger, Aiden Shaw, Bill Kelly, or Robert Leeds? I'll go with D. I have no clue. Yes, that's correct, actually. Robert it was. It was. Show. Awesome. I. You're going to kill me. I never watched Sex in the City. Okay. <laughs> I know. You want to know why I didn't watch Sex in the City? Because everybody else was watching Sex in the City. So I've like boycotted it because I'm like, I'm not going to be like every other woman and watch the show. Okay. I get that. <laughs> How was <well. laughs> I warned you. No, it's fine. I'm just going to talk some shit for a second. So, Absolutely. If you're interested, I think it's a great show to watch now as we are their age and they were in their late 30s have in this show but it doesn't age well because a lot of it is like early 2000s like misogyny you know yeah 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 (laughs) Um, absolutely and the fashion is just a fucking riot in and of itself so so it'll be a good binger got it i will i'll do it i'll do it just for you it's like background noise yeah 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 it's fine it's fine um okay last question i don't know i'm not gonna take your millennial card but i this is this is kind of a hard one ready yeah winona Ryder was caught shoplifting at 
which department store? Was it Barney's, Saks Fifth Avenue, or Fred Siegel? Same again. Barney's, Saks Fifth Avenue, or Fred Siegel? I'm going to go with the second one. Saks Fifth Avenue? Yeah. Boom. So you got two. You got two questions. That that one I actually feel like I knew. Yeah. Like, I actually feel like I remember that one. Okay. Yeah, it yeah. was like a moment. It was like on the news, like national. Yeah, it was like huge. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Winona. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, friends. So thank you so much for being on the show and just sharing, you know, an honest take on motherhood and life in a way that I think a lot of people are afraid. And I just appreciate you giving permission for these kinds of things. Absolutely. My pleasure, lady. Of course. And tell everybody where they can find you, where they can get some human design, where they can get into the collective, all that. Yeah, absolutely. So I, like I said earlier, Instagram is like the best place to to contact or get in hold of me. That type of thing is the easiest way um, just because I'm on there all the time. So hop in my DM, say hi, throw me your chart. I'll give you some information right there. I love doing that for people. And if they want a reading, we can hook up at that time and do a reading too. Otherwise, I have a website. It's kayleetugeservices.com. I'm sure you'll put that in the show notes. And then the collective is a separate website and that'll be in the show notes also. So, but yeah, Instagram is the best place to get a hold of me. Love it. All right, friends. Kaylee, one last question. Absolutely. Last question. What does it mean to you to be an empowered millennial? That I can live my life however the fuck I want. Mic drop. Mic <laughs> drop. Yeah, that's it. To be empowered is to do whatever the fuck you want. Love it. I love it. I love it. All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Kaylee, thank you for being here. Um, y'all check the show notes for ways that you can stay connected. And as always, y'all, go be epic. Yeah.